right, this thing on. Yup. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to almost said in the frame podcast. Welcome back to the modern creative. Uh, we're doing a solo pod and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys are doing well. Hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast so far. Um, I hope you guys did like the guest that we had in the previous episode, Rafi Valdez, uh, good homie of mine. And uh, yeah, the dude is uh, has crazy potential. And uh, <laughs> I'm going on a spiel right now. What the fuck am I talking about? Anyways, What's going on, man? I feel like it's been a long time since I've done this. I actually have some notes for the first time. I notice that every time I do a podcast, when I'm editing or when I'm just even thinking about what I just said, I always remember it's like, damn, I should have said this. I should have said that. I knew I wanted to say this, but I just forget. When you're in the moment, you kind of just forget. Tried it for two, three episodes and it kept happening. So I'm like, all right, cool guy. Let's write some notes and let's just have it on the podcast. So we're trying it out. Uh, let's do a little life update. Uh, life updates. Uh, things have been pretty good, very steady. A lot of editing, actually, ton of editing. A um, couple of shoots here and there, but mostly editing. Um, I have more editing to do, but it's all good. I mean, this is what I asked for, and uh, yeah, I can't complain. <laughs> um, other than that, any other life updates that I be that I have is no. I mean. I've been playing soccer recently, Sunday League, and it's been so fun to play, man. It's like such a fulfilling, fulfilling, uh, it's just very fulfilling, man. It's as plain as it gets. Like, it's so fun to play and it's so fun to compete and just, it's, it's like the top league. So it's like very competitive and I haven't played since, well, prior to the season, I haven't played since like six, seven years after spreading my ankle a couple of times, I kind of call it quits. And uh, had that itch to play, man. And now we're playing. Um, play like dog shit, though, last week. I'm not going to lie. They played me at left back, which I'm not used to. And uh, yeah, but I'm only going to get better from here on out. But anyways, that's going on. Uh, watch a little bit of football, of course. And uh, now we're here. Yesterday, actually, I did a, a passion project. We finally started working on this mini doc with uh, Mark Hill Jones, who is a BMX rider from Long Beach, California. And uh, we've been planning to do this since December, uh, Rafi and I, and uh, we're finally doing it. And yesterday was day one, which was just the interview. I have it here on the screen right now. I'm trying to see how it, the footage is looking like, and it's looking pretty good so far. Um, I'm very excited to cut this up. We still have at least two to three more days of filming we need to book a photo shoot at the studio, capture some BTS of that. And then we also have to go to Long Beach to get some um, Long Beach landmark shots and uh, just some him, just having our main character who was Mark Held in his environment and uh, just get some good Long Beach shots. I don't know, man. Uh, we, we st we're still trying to figure that out as, as we're going. We don't have the perfect plan, but that is the topic that I want to discuss about in today's episode is not necessarily having the perfect plan to make things and create things. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit of gear for the nerds out there. Uh, so for yesterday's production, we filmed with the we filmed with three different cameras. The A camera was the Sony A7S III, which is this one right here. We shot it with a 16 to 35 2.8 G master lens, and I think we used it at 35 millimeters. 
I wanted to use Prime for the entire shoot for three cam for the all three cameras, but it just didn't make sense with the setting that we were at, um, the the environment that we were at in the studio. We needed a little wider lens, and we don't have any Prime wide lenses. So the best option was to use a G Master lens, which is like two racks. Um, put it on 35, 2.8. I look butter as I mean as you could I can see it right here. It looks very very nice and. Um, yeah, so that's the camera. That's a camera. B camera was a tighter shot, which is this one right here. I know you're not gonna be able to see it well from from your view, uh, but this is the B shot, which is a tighter shot, kind of looking down towards the character, towards Markel, and uh, I wanted him on the left side of the thirds, left side of the frame, and keep. Um, behind them a little, uh, pretty much empty for the most part. I've seen this kind of, I've seen this trendy uh, composition style, like on Netflix documentaries, HBO documentaries, and uh, I actually really dig it. I'm a fan of it. It's very unique. It's very different compared to having the subject on, for example, for this specific shot, since he's looking left, have him on the right thirds, looking towards a dead um, space. So this time we're doing the opposite. We have him on the tight, the left there is actually, and then the behind him is pretty much empty, but that's intentional. I actually really like it that I was really looking forward to getting that frame. And for the C shot, which was a slight, oh, actually for, I'm sorry, for the B shot, we shot that with the 85, Sony 85 millimeter 1.8. That lens for the price, I think it costs around 500 retail. You could plug it as low as 350 used that lens is still butter. I mean, the 85 look is just such a unique look, such a beautiful lens, plus with the 1.8, come on, bro. And for the C camera, oh, <laughs> I keep forgetting. For the B camera, we shot that with Rafi's Sony A1, the $6,500 juggernaut right there. And uh, we shot that in 4K, 422, 10-bit, just like the A camera. And we were flirting with the idea of shooting 8K, because his camera is capable of shooting 8K. Then I decided to last second not do it because I didn't want to experiment with 8K on this specific shoot in case for whatever reason it wasn't going to work. I like to test things outside of shoots just on my own time to see the pros and cons. How does it do with the computer? Um, and I just didn't want to experiment for this shoot. So we'll might, we might use 8K in the future for sure. I mean, that's, we're going to definitely use it. So that's the B camera. The C camera was my Sony a7 III, and we used a 50 millimeter, uh, Sigma 50 millimeter 1.2 or 1.4, I forget what the um, what the uh, the widest aperture on that lens is. And uh, yeah, we shot that with 4K, obviously. Um, we, shot, we shot it in log, S-log. So for the a7S and the A1, we shot S-log 3. 422 10-bit, so we're going to have so much flexibility in post. And then for the A7 III, we used uh, 4K, um, 420 8-bit, because it's it's, that's the max. So, And we shot that in S-Log 2. That's it for the cameras. As far as the lenses goes, for the A1 and the A7S, we used ProMist filters. I'm using actually a ProMist filter right now as we speak. What, it, what a ProMist filter does, it gives it a nice softer look. Um, it covers like a little bit of the wrinkles and whatnot. It's really great to shoot, um, pro mist with like, if you're shooting like women, um, talking heads. Um, so I got that pro tip from Mar. So shouts to Mar. 
And uh, I I have a quarter, I believe this is a quarter, and Rafi has a half um, Pro Mist filter. So it's, it's a, that's the one's a little that one's a little stronger. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's as far as camera goes for the C camera on the A7 III. I did use a slider. Um, this slider is from like Amazon Basics. I think it costs like twenty to twenty five dollars. So that slider is very affordable. Not the greatest from the first time I ever used it. I didn't like it and I was going to return it and I kind of just forgot. So I kept it and uh, I had a client who asked for a specific slider shot. I was trying to rent a slider, sh- uh, electronical slider um, from ShareGrid and uh, I hit up two different people on the ShareGrid um, website and uh, it's pretty much a gear rental space where if I list my A7S camera, I could list it for like a hundred bucks a day and then someone can just pick it up and then use it for the day or two days or however long they need it for and then bring it back and they pay me. So it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool site actually. But these two guys, they didn't respond to me. Well, they did respond to me when I inquired and then I asked for certain details and then they just kind of just ghosted me. So I was like, damn, I'm screwed. And uh, so I was like, well, I need to use this uh, cheap slider and I need to figure it out. And I remember vividly when I was sleeping that night before that other shoot that needed the slider look. I was thinking, I'm like, oh my God, like I could use my gimbal, attach it to the slider, and then have that nice slider look with the gimbal and use Force Mobile. So you could you could connect the phone to the gimbal via Bluetooth. And from there, you could literally control the gimbal with your phone. It's called Force Mobile. And uh, it's a I thought about that when I was sleeping and I woke up. And it's funny because when I met up with Rafi, He's like, hey, we could do this instead. And I'm like, dude, it's so funny. I thought the same thing. So that happened. We tried it out, which I I try not to, like, again, I don't like to test things live right there in the shoot because things may not work. Luckily for us, we had no choice. And I had mentioned it to the producers and the people that I was working with that we didn't, we couldn't get access to these damn sliders, electronical sliders, because these people were not picking up their freaking messages and responding. So this is our only choice. And uh, luckily for us, it worked out flawlessly. And I will show you the footage here. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, take a look at it. I mount the slider, a cheap slider to a DJI Ronin SC, which is like a $300 gimbal, control of my phone, attach the camera. And it looks very, very good, man. It looks like a freaking $500, $600 slider look. And uh, I actually, the electronic ones cost like, I think like seven to 800, like a Rhino version. So they're very expensive. I thought about pulling a trigger in one of those, but I'm like, do I need to do that? How, how often am I going to shoot these kind of content? But at the time I wasn't really shooting that much like video business cards, but now I am and interviews. Now I am. But now that I found a loophole and I'm cheating it by using the gimbal, I don't need to freaking spend $800 on a freaking uh, slider anymore. So Pro tip, guys, if you want a, a nice cinematic $800 look, $900 look, get a freaking cheap-ass uh, slider. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave them in the comments, and I could help you out in regards to the exact slider that I got. Anyways, back to Mark Hill's documentary. I shot that with um, the a7 III, got a slider shot. I don't plan on using the slider shot too much because I feel like I just want to sprinkle in some of uh, uh, the slider shot because it, I don't want to go OD on it. I hate when people 
do do certain techniques and they go too much with the freaking um with that specific style or technique like for example drones it's something i like to tell my clients like they're so wild about drones and they want to use a drone shot it seems like every other frame and it's like bruh just because we have a drone doesn't mean we should use a drone and uh, the people that i communicate this with i'm glad the people that understand they understand it like and but there's some people that just like i just want the drone look i'm like bruh whatever i'm never gonna post this on my portfolio because it looks trash because i'm going od on the drone um so that's a, that's one thing like i try to if you have if you have certain tools that like a slider for example and it's not necessary to have it don't do it man um and if you do use it sprinkle it on don't go crazy with it by showing it all the time it's, it's going to become redundant it's going to become boring and stagnant and you're going to bore the audience at least that's my opinion on that <sighs> okay so that's as far as camera goes we shot three cameras light let's talk about lighting so we shot this in a studio shouts to hendo studio man shouts to courtney he, he was such a cool guy i was so happy to be back in that studio um, I went to that studio probably 29, no, probably like 2017 um, with another creative and uh, shouts to Teddy. He's the first one that introduced me to that studio. And I fell in love with the vibe. I fell in love with like how cool Courtney is. He's such a cool guy, man. And he shots, he shot legends. Like he's the owner of the studio and I'm, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast and I'm sure we can make that happen. Uh, but this is, this is a local um, San Diego studio, quite affordable too, man. I mean, I think for the four hours, you drop like 320, which is like, it comes with everything too. It comes with all the lights, all the tools that he has where I've been in other, um, I've been in other studios, like in LA, for example, they're a little cheaper there because Rafi likes to go there all the time. So I tag along with them, but they're so stingy with the equipment. Like, yeah, sure. It's cheaper, but you get only a limited amount of gear that, that it comes included with the, with the actual studio where... In our case right here with Hendo's, like it came with literally anything you wanted, you could use it, which is pretty sick. So we were using some expensive light gear. So uh, I brought my Amaran 200 and um, I, I didn't end up using it. I thought I was going to use it because I just remember um, studios are just very strict with their with their uh, lights and whatnot. So if you want to use certain lights, you need to pay extra, which is kind of lame, but not here. So if you're in the San Diego area or even in Orange County or LA, Hendo Studio is the way to go. Damn, that was a crazy free ad. Anyways, we used a Aperture 300D, which is like a $1,000 light right there. We used two of those. We used one as a spotlight. Um, it's hard to tell, I know, but there's a spotlight right in the center of the frame, uh, right behind Markel. And uh, we used a, another three, uh, I believe it was the Aperture 300D as well as a key light. And we use a honeycomb, like what I'm using right now, to keep the light concentrating on the subject, which is Markel. We use that. We use, we wanted to use RGB tube lights, but for some reason, the RGB wasn't really working correctly. Um, we wanted a certain look as for, we wanted a purple and bluish tone look. And uh, it wasn't working. We put the gel paper over the tubes and it wasn't really doing much, but we just kept it there. So we went with the Aperture's MCs and I'm glad I brought mine. Rafi brought his as well. And then Corny saw us using our MCs. He's like, oh, we ha I have MCs as well. So we were using the MCs. We used two of his MCs. We used two of mine or two of ours. So we did one half purple and then one half like blue. So it worked out. So the colors are going to look super fucking sick and apologies for the F-bomb. I'm just very excited. I just felt so fulfilled 
working last night and doing a passion project. Like it just felt amazing, man. It just felt, it just felt great, man. It was like, I was like in a euphoric high, like, like last night, even when I got home, I kind of like passed out. I got home pretty late, passed out on the couch and we went to bed around midnight from the couch, uh, watching TV. And then I, I stayed up till like three in the morning, just like thinking about the night, like what we could have done better or just how it went. And it just went really good, man. So I was very excited and I'm very excited to edit this. And uh, yeah. Yo, what's going on? Editor Alberto over here. As I'm editing this damn podcast, I realized that I didn't even mention audio and audio is such a, was a huge role in this specific production. So initially I purchased a boom mic from Amazon for like 50 bucks very cheap and uh, it, it gets the job done, but I didn't like it because it wasn't big enough for the specific frame that we needed in the actual um, shoot. And uh, I just brought it with us just in case. I did test it out uh, a day or two prior, but I was like, all right, whatever. I knew this already in hand. So by the time we got there, uh, luckily for us, the studio had a bunch of C-stands and booms. So it worked out flawless. I was able to attach uh, my shotgun mic, which the Deity V Pro, and I just attached it to their, their C-stands and booms, and it worked out great. Uh, initially, I was going to use, attach this to the Rode Wireless Go, which is this right here, and uh, make it go wirelessly. But again, the studio had a ton of um, aux cables or whatever. They had a ton of cables to connect it to, to this, and then had the cable run all the way to the camera so the audio is baked into the camera so there's no sync and post. I didn't want to use a Rode wireless, but I was ready to use it in case I didn't have enough uh, cable because I had two of my own cables, but that was not going to be enough cable to make it to the camera. And luckily for the studio, lucky for us, the studio had all that good stuff. So I'd have to deal with wireless. I didn't have to deal with interference. So I got clean audio with this and uh, yeah, back to the pod. That is lighting. Um, the cool thing is with the studio, we had like a white infinity wall. You'll see some BTS right here. And uh, yeah, man, we had like the music bumping, cranking. Like we booked the studio for four hours. And this is something I had a, I had someone tag along with me. Um, shouts to Nick, man. I believe it's Visionary P on Instagram. Shouts to him. He came to uh, give us some extra hands, mostly BTS. So he shot some photos and video BTS of the entire shoot for the four hours. So I really appreciate him. And that was his first time being in the studio. And uh, it was, he's, I was like, hey, man, I hope you're learning a lot and soaking in the knowledge. And he was telling us what he loved about the studio. First, like I said, that was his first time in the studio. So he was like, bro, this is insane. Like the way you guys control the environment is so cool. The way you're like, producing the shoot you're producing and you're talking to the subject as far as like to have him to dig deep and to what he's saying and it, it got heavy for a second man like uh some of the subjects that we did talk about like it, it got pretty heavy so um it was new to me but i was able with experience we were able to like not necessarily not necessarily tiptoe it but just uh make the subject feel comfortable with us to open up so that was cool um yeah, I mean, so back to the four-hour thing. It sounds like a long time, I know. But in reality, it's not. Uh, we show it up at four exactly, or 4.05, whatever. Um, we start setting up. That took us about an hour 15, hour 25. Let's call it 90 minutes. I know that sounds absurd to take that long to set up. 
but we have a lot of gear. We need to figure out the lights. The light is when it, the light situation is going to take us the most because we got to shape it to our liking and we got to make sure everything looks on point. We had to set up the cameras, how, which frame we're going to, which frame we, cause at the time I had an idea, but I didn't know how we were going to execute it. It was been like years since I've been in that studio. So I don't know what's changed and what hasn't changed. So that was that it took us about, let's call it 90 minutes to set up. We do the interview and, um, we were, we were joking because we only had 10 questions to ask, uh, Markel and Markel's like, Oh, I'm a, it's going to be a breeze. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And, uh, yeah, man, once the cameras turn on, man, it's just, people are just kind of like, not necessarily choke, but if you're very inexperienced, like it's going to be, it's going to be trouble. Like it's just hard. It's just, I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I'm still stumbling on my words here and there, uh, doing podcasting, but I mean, only with experience and, uh, time and patience, you're only going to get better. But we got through it for the most part. I looked at, we took a five minute break after it got super heavy to have the um, subject Markel kind of chill out for a bit. And we all went outside, got some cold, get some fresh air in our system, went back in. And then we're, we're completing like the last three questions, four to three questions. And I look at my phone and I'm like, holy shit, like we got like 30 minutes or 40 minutes before we were done. We're officially done. So I had to speed it up. I had to speed up the process. I'm like, Hey, we got to speed it up guys. Uh, let's focus. Um, let's, let's get this shit done because it's not that we have 40 minutes to just do the interview, which is the the three questions. Um, but we had to, we need to, we need to consider the time to break down everything and pack everything and put it back away and leave. You're supposed to technically leave the studio at, by that time. So by the fourth hour, and uh, yeah, but we were able to make it happen. Like I said, Corny's a G. Uh, I think we were like 10 minutes late, but he was cool. I think we were his last clients anyways. I think he was packing up after we left. So it worked out in our favor. Uh, but come on, guys, like good etiquette. Don't, don't, let's not make that a habit. Or if you're a creator, respect the actual time and whatnot. So yeah, four hours to, to execute those 10 questions for one, one part of the documentary uh, it, it takes a long time. And, and one thing Nick was telling me is like, man, I didn't realize how long it takes to actually produce something. Like when I, when I first thought four hours, I thought it was going to be a long time. Like, yeah, it is a long time, but it flies, it flies really fast. So that's something you need to consider. I was telling them, giving some pro tips. Like when you're talking to clients that want to book a studio, you got to let them know, like they're going to want to cheap out and pinch every penny by saying, Hey, let's just do it for two hours. Like four hours is kind of like, it's like too much. Like we don't need to do that much. Trust me. You want the full four hours. Plus it's a, it's a better bang for your buck. If you extend the time rather than just doing two hours, the two hours is going to cost you a little bit more. So you might as well do the four hours and do it comfortably because the last thing you want to do is be rushed and rush the talent and talent's going to be messing up. It's going to be stumbling on their words. And uh, yeah, it's just not going to be a good vibe overall. So that's that. Let me look at my notes real quick. So Mark Hill production gear. Uh, let's do a little bit of pre-production. So the last two days prior to the shoot, I was looking at a bunch of YouTube videos, YouTube University, man, uh, how to shoot documentaries, how to execute them, how to do interviews, how to, how to get like the meat and potatoes from the interviewee, how to make them open up or her open up to us. Um, I know Markel, but I'm not close to Markel. So he's closer to Rafi, but like the questions we asked them, like I, I, I kept digging deeper and deeper, like, yo, give me more, give me more. Like, I know you don't know me, but 
I'm looking from the outside in and he was able to understand which he was a cool sport about it. Like he understood what I, what my objective was too. It's like, Hey, from the outside in, I don't know what you're talking about. So I need you to dig deeper. Who is this character? Who is this person in your life? And why does this person mean a lot? So like I said, it, it got really steamy, but it was very good. And, um, pre-production, I was watching YouTube videos about how to do a doc and what it takes to create a doc. So I was consuming, I caught myself consuming a bunch of Mark Bone um, YouTube videos. He pretty much is dominating like the YouTube space when it comes to documentary. Um, he has like a whole documentary playlist. So I just consumed it for like the last two days. And uh, I did learn a lot and um, I'm still going to continue watching it because like I said, we still need to shoot two days worth of B-roll, which is, that's going to be, that's the... <laughs> I need that. <laughs> like I need that. Cause I just can't have talking heads of five to six minutes for just him talking to a camera. That's going to bore the audience as, as good as Markel looks, trust me. It just, you just want, you want to visually stimulate the audience by having some beautiful B-roll, which is, uh, that's what we want to do. So saw a bunch of like Mark bone, um, documentary. I did a mood board, um, for Millinotes and I, I actually got into, um, it's called shot deck to look up some inspirations. I know we wanted a purple, purple bluish vibe. So it was hard to just Google and put purple frames, purple compositions. I mean, you could do it, but it's gonna take a lot longer. So I registered to Shot Deck for the trial. It's like 14 days, so it's completely free. And uh, I literally just put like purple compositions. And uh, yeah, I saw a bunch of cool frames, a lot from Euphoria. Euphoria uses a lot of purple hue colors. And uh, put it all in the mood board. I took a screen grab put it on Milanote, which is also free by the way. And I showed it to Rafi and Rafi was like, all right, I organized it as like, all right, A camera's gonna be here, B camera's gonna be like this, and then C camera's gonna look like this. And then the colors are gonna look kind of like generally like this. And he, he like, dude, I fucking love it. This is sick, perfect, let's make this happen. So we had a general idea of what it's gonna look like. We didn't have the perfect plan. And this goes back to what I wanted to talk about earlier. We don't have the perfect plan in how to execute this documentary. We still don't have a concrete date of when we're going to shoot B-roll, of what is it that we're going to do. But we are actually still doing it, though. It's, it's baby steps that we're doing. And it's like it's something I want to encourage creatives is that a lot of creatives need the perfect plan to, to either create, start a YouTube video or start a podcast or just start a side hustle business. They want the perfect plan. So like, I need the perfect website. I need the perfect Instagram handle. I need the perfect uh, headshot. I need the perfect color scheme. Bro, just start. And then you're going to figure all that out eventually. I, <clears throat> for example, with my podcast, when I recorded the first two episodes, I didn't even have a title for the podcast. And I didn't even have a thumbnail. I didn't have my color schemes. Like I didn't have... For sure, for the, by the first episode, I didn't even have my Instagram. So like, I just wanted to create it and then figure it out as I'm going. So I'm trying to encourage you guys to like, if you guys have an idea, put it in pen and paper and just freaking start executing. Like, all right, what's the first step? All right, let's create an Instagram. Oh, the Instagram handle's not there. All right, let's, let's use some underscores or oh, it's, it's taken. Let's use some periods, what, whatever it takes, man. I don't have the perfect uh, Instagram handle for my personal and my podcast. I have a freaking underscore on both of them, which is annoying, but it is what it is. It's cool. And uh, yeah, I just, you guys need to just start freaking doing it, man. Um, that just holds a lot of people. 
trying to create the perfect plan, you just get um, information overload and then you just freeze. Like it's kind of like a computer, it just freezes and just shuts down. And then you're discouraged of creating it or doing it. So you got to just freaking do it. I've been listening to a lot of Rick Rubin today um, on the on the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't really listen to Joe Rogan at all. I just, I don't really care for his podcast, but I know Rick Rubin's a major deal and he's, he's, he's really great when it comes to creativity. I know he has another one with um, Huberman podcast, which I need to listen to as well, but I recommend just literally go and just put Rick Rubin podcast. You'll see, if you don't know who that is, he's like a legendary music producer in the hip hop space, but he's also done like legendary bands like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Ace or Red Hot, yeah, Red Hot Chili Peppers and, and some other bands that I, could, I can't think of right now. But he talks a lot about creativity. And one of the things that he was saying that I, I really felt was, he's like, when you create, create it for yourself. Don't create it for your audience. Like your audience comes last. And it's something I've been practicing without even knowing it is that I'm going to create this podcast for myself. This is fulfilling to me. And if you guys fuck with it, beautiful. And if you guys don't, not even tripping. So create for yourself, fulfill yourself. And um, yeah, man, this is, that's, that's pretty much what it is, man. And I saw some other quotes that I couldn't really remember. I couldn't put it on, the, um, on my notes. But one thing he did say too is like, when you're creating, just put it out there, man. Even if it's not perfect, just put it out there. And I had this conversation with Rafi on the way home as, I, as we're grabbing Chick-fil-A after, the, after our shoot, we're like, I'm so happy that you and I are doing this because we know many people that have better gear than us, that have all these wonderful ideas, but they're not executing. And for some reason that bugs me. It's like, bruh, if I had what you have, I'm fucking going crazy with it. I'm going crazy with it right now with the little gear that I have. Trust, I mean, yeah, it's, I'm not calling it little as in like, it's very expensive gear no matter what, but I'm not shooting with an FX6. I'm not shooting with the red camera. I'm not shooting with an Ari. I'm shooting with mirrorless cameras, but we're making it work. We're making it work. And I was telling Rafi, like I said, like, yo, I'm proud of us, man. Like we're, we're really, we said we were going to do this. We made it happen. And now we're, we're, we're in the first day of production and we just completed it right now. And we're still ways to go. We still need to do, we still need to go to LA. We still need to do a photo shoot. And, uh I, I don't even know the perfect intro to the documentary yet. I had an idea while I was watching the Real Madrid game for some reason, and I put it on my notes app so I don't remember, so I don't forget. So we don't have the perfect plan. We don't even know how it's going to start and how it's going to end, but we are working on it, and that's the whole point. Just start doing it. And I told Rafi, goes, this goes back to the, what Rick Lubin said about just put it out to the internet or just put it out there, whatever you're creating. This freaking video may suck. This doc may be amazing. We may have a million followers or a million views or the 10 views from our family members and friends, but we don't care. Like we're creating this for ourselves and uh, that's all that really matters, man. And again, if, the, if people really like it and they want to mess with us, that's amazing. But if they don't, that's also amazing. It's not for everybody. And uh, you just got to find that cult following of people that actually fuck with you and uh only good things are going to happen man anyways i'm running at 30 minutes that's enough of a rant um let me know if you guys are liking this i think i'm going to cut it right here 
Um, next week is going to be a very good one with another guest. So uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying the guests. Let me know if you're if you're enjoying it or if you're not enjoying it. I know it's only been one episode at this moment, but the next one's going to be very good. Lots of gems, lots of gems. <sighs> Anyways, if you're on YouTube, give it a like, subscribe to the channel. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give it a five-star rating and a positive review or a shitty review, whatever. And if you're on... Um, if you're on Spotify, definitely hit the subscribe button. Take a screenshot of I will I would really encourage you guys if you guys could take a screenshot and share it to your stories and tag me. That'd be sick. If you guys could do that for me, that'd be amazing. Whether if it's YouTube, that's fine. If you're on a podcast, if you're if you're an audio guy of like the podcast apps, screenshot, put on your story, tag uh, modern creatives. Uh, that'd be amazing. All right, man. I'm out this piece. Take it easy. Peace.